COVID-19 pandemic has created a host of new legislation, regulations, orders, and guidance, forcing employers to adapt quickly. Given the rapid change, now is a good time to ensure that your workplace policies have kept pace. Today, we'll identify a few areas of your employee handbook to review as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Jim Duffy. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. As business owners and managers of people, we appreciate all you're doing to help keep your employees, your customers, and your families safe. Joining me today is Meryl Gutterman. Meryl works as counsel for ADP. Meryl, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jim. Happy to be here. So, Meryl, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen a lot of new laws and emergency rules requiring employers to provide leave to employees impacted by COVID-19. Do these laws require a written policy? Well, some of these laws do require employers to have written policies, but a policy may not always be explicitly required. That said, it is still a best practice to have a clear written policy that outlines employee and employer rights and responsibilities that relate to leave. Right. And that best practice certainly applies to sick leave policies. So should employers be modifying their sick leave policies to adapt to COVID-19? Well, it is likely that employers who already had a sick leave policy in place will need to review and update it if they find that they're in a jurisdiction that has either a state or a local sick leave law that may have been expanded to allow for protected leave that relates to COVID-19. And also the Federal Families First Coronavirus Response Act, or the FFCRA, also requires that covered employers provide up to 80 hours of protected leave for certain COVID-19 reasons. So employers may need to update their policies to account for the FFCRA leave as well. So Meryl, what are some of the protected reasons under the FFCRA? So under the FFCRA, covered employees would be entitled to leave if they have, if they've been asked to self-quarantine, if they're experiencing COVID-19 symptoms, or they need to care for a child because their school or their place of care has been closed, or their child care provider is unavailable because of COVID-19 precautions. So if you are subject to the FFCRA, then you as the employer, you should confirm that your leave policy grants leave to your employees um, that covers those circumstances. So in addition to complying with any COVID-related laws, what else should a sick leave policy address? Your sick leave policy should also spell out eligibility requirements. It should explain how much leave employees are entitled to each year um, and also how that leave accrues. And you'll also want to address whether the leave carries over at the end of the year, whether it's paid or unpaid, the types of absences that are covered, um, and also what happens if the employee's benefits are impacted while they're out on leave. What about the process for requesting leave? Should that be included in the policy as well? Yeah, it should. It's important to outline a process for employees to follow when they're requesting leave. But keep in mind, too, that during a public health emergency like COVID-19, supervisors or managers, they may not be in the physical workplace to receive a leave request. Um, So you're going to want to remember to explain to your employees how much notice they need to provide. But also remember, too, that there are leave laws out there that restrict the amount of notice that employers can require. All right. Before the pandemic, a growing number of jurisdictions were requiring employers to maintain a written policy and or conduct trainings on preventing harassment in the workplace. Should employers modify their harassment or discrimination policies, for example, to include examples of discrimination related to COVID-19? Right. We 
had been seeing a trend where more state and local jurisdictions were passing laws that mandated anti-harassment policies and trainings also in the workplace. And these laws are intended to help ensure that employers maintain a workplace that's free from discrimination based on protected characteristics like race and age, sex and religion, just to name a few. And now in light of COVID, we're also seeing some jurisdictions pass laws that prohibit employers from discriminating against individuals because they've either tested positive for COVID-19 or because they refuse to serve customers who aren't following safety protocols. Um, in fact, in New York, New York has issued guidance that states employees can file a complaint if they think that they've been discriminated against because of a perceived connection between their race or their national origin or their disability and the coronavirus. So to answer your question, employers may want to consider reviewing and updating their policies or disseminating other written information to employees that addresses discrimination that could relate to COVID-19. That's fascinating. Uh, what are some other common components of Equal Employment Opportunity, or EEO, or anti-harassment policy? Um, your EEO policy should capture all of the protected characteristics that are in the laws that apply to your business. It should also prohibit retaliation against employees for filing a complaint or for participating in an investigation that relates to possible discriminatory practices. Um, your policy should also stress that all of your employment decisions are job-related and based on the person's qualifications and their capabilities to perform the essential functions of their job um, without regard to any protected characteristic. Also, your EEO policy should encourage the reporting of any instance of discrimination or harassment, and it's important to provide your employees with appropriate contacts and procedures um, to facilitate reporting and make it easy. And then make it clear that you're going to discipline any action and any misconduct that's, that could be discriminatory up to and including termination, um, depending on what the violation is of your policy. That's helpful, Merrill. Thank you. Uh, we're also seeing vacation and paid time off practices and policies impacted by COVID-19. Uh, because of travel restrictions and remote work, many employees are using less vacation during the pandemic than they usually do. Yeah, that's right. And as a result, in some states, ballooning vacation balances, um, it could be a financial liability for employers at the end of the year or when employment ends. And employers may need to pay employees out accrued unused vacation at the time of separation. Or in states that prohibit use it or lose it policies, employers may have to carry over any accrued unused vacation. What should employers consider when reviewing their vacation policies? Well, even if you're permitted to have a use it or lose it vacation policy, you may want to consider as the employer revising it now to allow your employees to carry over leave or to increase the cap on allowable carryover leave given all the travel restrictions that you just mentioned, Jim, and also the stress of the pandemic on employees' lives. Um, and then also make sure that particularly in light of COVID, that you're encouraging your employees to take vacation time, to rest and to recharge. So review your policy, allow for appropriate ways for your employees to request vacation um, and to track time off in light of, you know, a lot of the remote work that we're seeing these days. Um, and also reiterate that vacation allowances are based on staffing and your scheduling needs. And also just make sure, of course, that your policies are complying with all the laws that apply to your business. All right. You know, so in response to the pandemic, many employers have adopted or expanded flexible work arrangements. Uh, should this section of the employee handbook be updated in light of COVID-19? 
Oh, for sure. You, you might want to um, update or add a policy on telework um, or update your existing policy given the unique circumstances of COVID-19. Um, you may consider making that policy more flexible, or you may have to provide clear guidelines for how to go about remote work if it's not something that you had previously contemplated at your company. If you had a policy on telework, um, a lot of times those policies explicitly prohibited employees from taking care of a child or taking care of an elder during work hours. But now, because of COVID, if employees are home from work because of community spread of the virus, chances are their children are home from work also. Um, and a lot of employees don't have backup care available. So prohibitions like not taking care of a child um, are not really practical. So as the employer, you know, understanding these circumstances and providing flexibility in your remote work policies can go, can go a long way towards helping your employees manage their work from home situation during COVID. Um, so if you can, you may want to modify your policies to allow for flexible deadlines and flexible schedules that would work around child or elder care needs. Uh, flexible work arrangements can also make timekeeping more complicated. How might timekeeping policies be affected? I think employees working remotely are going to need alternatives to an on-site time clock to track their time. Um, they may also need a reminder on how to record hours worked and also just what constitutes hours worked, you know, in light of remote work. Um, you may want to think about implementing an electronic timekeeping system that your workers can access through a computer or a mobile device, and that could help ease tracking requirements. Um, and you may need to modify your timekeeping policies to, to talk about these new systems. They should also reinforce that non-exempt employees should record all hours worked and also make sure that they, your policies expressly prohibit off-the-clock work. Um, that said, remember that if you do have an employee that does perform off-the-clock work, you still need to pay the employee for that time, even if it's against your policy. And it's also a best practice to require non-exempt employees to confirm their hours um, at the end of each pay period and to let them know that they should tell you about any errors in their time tracking immediately, you know, when they occur. All right. So, Meryl, I have one last section of the handbook in mind. Uh, we've talked a lot about safety over the past couple of months. Uh, should employers consider reviewing their workplace safety policies? Yes, absolutely. Employers should continue to review their safety and their health policies, and they have to make sure that they're complying with the numerous rules that are out there now talking about health and safety in light of COVID, um, rules that are enforced by OSHA, by state health and safety standards, um, by guidelines at the local, state, and industry level, um, all impact your health and safety policy. So you want to make sure that your policies are addressing all the issues um, that have been raised because of COVID. You're talking about face coverings and social distancing requirements, um, cleaning protocols, avoiding group gatherings and in-person meetings. Um, your policies are addressing travel restrictions um, and how to report potential exposure. I mean, that's just a few things that you have to think about um, going into your health and safety policy. Great. Uh, you walked us through critical policies to update during the COVID-19 pandemic. So once an employer makes these changes, what's the best way to ensure employees know and understand the new procedures and protocols? Once you've updated or added these policies to your employee handbook, then take the time to train your frontline managers first on whatever the changes are before you distribute the handbook to your employees. 
Um, you want to make sure that your managers understand the purpose of your policy and also, really importantly, that they're enforcing all of your policies consistently. And then after you've trained your managers, distribute your handbook to your workforce and then also provide them with an avenue to ask questions on any new or updated policies that you have. And also make sure that each employee acknowledges that they've read and they agree to all of your company policies. And I mean acknowledge in writing. So it's a best practice to get those acknowledgements when you first issue the handbook at the time of hire and then also whenever you make any updates and then store those written acknowledgements in your employee personnel files. Thank you, Meryl. This has been really, really helpful. Uh, you've talked about the importance of ensuring that policies are updated as laws, regulations, guidance, or company practices change. Uh, you also discussed that it's a best practice to obtain signed acknowledgments from employees whenever you issue new or updated policies. All very, very helpful information. We appreciate your time and your expertise. And I also want to thank you all for listening to HRpreneur. For FAQs, sample forms, policies, and more, visit www.adp.com forward slash smallbizcovid19. Thanks again for listening and be well.